The Blur Havoc podcast may contain content some may find offensive, vulgar, or inappropriate for work or school. All views expressed on this show solely belong to the individual that expressed them. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to the Blur Havoc Podcast. I'm your host, Alistair Haken. Uh, let's go ahead and get right into the drink of the day. Today we're drinking White Russian, uh, Chi-Chi's White Russian. Um, I'm thinking about an old friend of mine. Um, yeah, it's been one of those days. It's been one of those days, dude. So, just going to have something nice and... Uh, Nice and creamy, so to speak. In case you didn't know, White Russian is the choice of drink for one Alistair Haken. My favorite drink. So. Pacoisis Mirum. Oh, that's good. Okay. Uh, so there was a man. Okay. So it's been a long day and I came across this article here. Oh man. Let me, let me, oh God. It's, it's one of those articles that we just, we just got to talk about it because it's, it's bad. Who who did this? Vice Vice did it. It's bad because it's 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 coming after my favorite game ever, ever. Like in in the history of like, in the history of life. This is one of my, not one of. It is the my favorite game. My favorite game definitively. There is no game I love more than this game. What is that game? It is Mass Effect Two. Mass Effect 2 is my favorite game of all time, period. There will never be a game I love more than Mass Effect. So, let's we have this article by Vice under their Waypoint um, brand, I believe. Games by Vice or whatever. And the title of this putrid article, I haven't read it yet, but I know it's going to be dog shit just by the title of the article. Uh, this game, not game. Oh my god, oh, man, this is gonna be fun. The title of this article is "Mass Effect 2 Overlord Should Have Stayed in 2010." Not too bad, right? Not too bad. Not too bad so far. Wait till you see the. Wait till you hear the um. The tag here, the unadulterated autism phobia of the Overlord was shocking then and its inclusion in the legendary edition should have prompted some reflection. Okay, so here's the thing. The Overlord the Overlord is a piece of DVD DVD crap. Cripes. Overlord is a piece of DLC for Mass Effect 2 which involves um I believe uh, man, it's been a while since I've played Overlord, but um it involves some shady Cerberus experiments 
that um where they hijack a, a man's brother's head like his brain because he's he's autistic but he's incredibly smart he's like a genius but they hijack his brain and it causes his mind to basically become like a vi or a virtual intelligence or an ai rather because it's based off of a person's mind and like the entire station is like is like taken over by his like his um by his conscious his autistic conscious that he does has no control over because it's too stimulating so he loses control and he's he's not attacking you per se he's just lashing out because he he doesn't understand what's going on basically um it's one of like it's one of the more heart-wrenching stories in Mass Effect 2 and even if you play as a paragon shepherd your paragon shepherd will have very choice words for um for the the autistic man's brother who's what makes it really messed up is that the autistic man's brother i forget his name right now um uh we're gonna dive into it in a second but he's like he like said oh he did this uh to further science but at the same time he you know he's abusing his brother by you know having him strapped up to this machine where he yeah it's it's all it's all jacked up it's sci-fi stuff sci-fi dystopian stuff here not necessarily dystopian, but you know what I mean. But that title insulted me because, in case you didn't know, this was yeah, this was published today. In case you didn't know, the Mass Effect trilogy, as a whole, or the not even the trilogy, the Mass Effect universe, was a very big influence behind the Blur Havoc books. Um, not necessarily on the same, uh. Not necessarily on the same scope as Blur as 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 Mass Effect, but the you can tell you can tell that there are a lot of things here and there that were inspired by Mass Effect, like the idea of a squad and teammates with special abilities and certain abilities and classes and stuff like that. If Blur Havoc ever became a game, it would play similarly to Mass Effect, but just without most of the. RPG elements. So basically, they play more like Mass Effect and Dramata, but you know, I wouldn't sit here and pretend that Blur Havoc is an RPG because Mass Effect and Dramata is not an RPG. <gasps> Who said that? Anyway, let's 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 get started. We're bullshitting. Oh, of course, there's a trigger warning, caution warning, descriptions of graphic imagery and violent ableism. Whatever, pussies. All right, it says Mass Effect 2 Overlord is a DLC pack for Mass Effect 2 initially published on June 15th, 2010. It was met with a fantastic critical reception on release because it was a pretty good story. Eurogamer described it as wrapped up in a story that builds to a satisfying and pathos-heavy finale and said that it was clear that thought, care, and balance had gone into the DLC. GameSpot's reviews stated that it was one of Shepard's best missions characterizing the ending as bittersweet. IGN summed up the add-on as sure to please most everybody. Yes, it did. It was a, the only thing the only thing that I didn't like about it and this is just mainly just a personal thing is I did not like driving the hammerhead. I really did not like driving that thing. But yeah. Um all right, let's continue. The first time I played it, I nearly threw up. None of the reviews remotely resemble any sentiment I'd choose. Well, that's because in the words of um one of the uh, troublesome, problematic twins from Revenge of the Fallen, that's because you're a pussy. But yeah, because Overlord... Whoa, hold on. Ooh, wow, I had to clear my throat for a second, my bad. 
Because Overlord is a story about autism, one that clearly regards itself as sympathetic and sensitive to how autistic people are often treated. But the way that it unfolds turns it into a careless and obliviously pre prejudiced, prejudiced story. Did I tell you I have an overbite? Um, it's a story where an autistic character is turned into a prop in the story of a supposedly sympathetic abuser and becomes mostly interested in the abuser's feelings and experience. Um, yeah, here's the thing is that that's the, that's kind of the point is that it makes you feel sympathetic for, for David. I believe that's his name, right? David. Um, because his brother had no regard, like he, he abused his brother, um, because it's like a, it was the, the perfect crime of opportunity, so to speak, where he saw this opportunity to take advantage of his brother's brilliant mind and strap him up into a machine and cause him to become basically an alt and an AI, an artificial intelligence. And it's really screwed up. And that's the point is that you as a character can point out, hey, this is really screwed up, dude. You can if I'm not mistaken, you can even punch him out. It's been a while since I played, but yeah. Let's see here. It's set to be released as part of the Legendary Edition, which I am so getting, by the way. I, if I'm not mistaken, I get paid the day before that, so I'm totally getting that. No, I get paid the day of that. Okay. It's set to be released as part of the Legendary Edition without revision, which is a def which is a definite choice. Yes, yes. We artists, we tend to make choices. The original game had an infamously leering male gaze towards the bodies of its female characters. Know that one character is Miranda, and you're thinking too much. It's like... Here's the thing, is that if you... This is a criticism toward Bioware. If you knew that it was a very male gazy kind of shot, why'd you put it in there in the first place? You knew what you were doing. If you play Mass Effect... Um, I believe it's only in three. I'm not. No, it's in two. Um, if you play Mass Effect two or three, there's a character named Miranda, and there are a few shots where the camera is just—it's just near her butt. Okay, it's a very nice butt, but it's near her butt. It was a, that was a definitive choice. Like that was a that was a clear choice that they made. It wasn't done by accident, right? Because Miranda Lawson wears a, a a tight white like bodysuit. That really shows off her body fairly well. <laughs> um, but it's like, I know what they're talking about, that they changed it in the Legendary Edition where it switches it so that it, it shows her face or something. I don't remember. But it takes the butt shots out and it's like, no, 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 no. You wanted, you wanted to put the butt shots in there. So why are you taking them out now? Why did you wait until people could possibly call you out for it to take it out? Okay, let, let, actually, there's a statement here. The project director acknowledged that a lot of things have evolved to cause that change. Yeah, it's because they're scared of getting canceled is what it really is. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now. You've seen, you've probably seen, I don't know if you've probably seen it, but the art of Melanie, her armor, she has like no armor from the waist down. It's like, she's got butt, because Oh, girl got butt, but, um, yeah, um, I'm not changing that, like, she, Melanie just has a butt, like, you're just gonna have to get over that, but, yeah, I, I feel like trying to, here's, here's my philosophy, you did it, and you just have to get over it, 
because trying to trying to change it retroactively is only going to bring attention to it and people are going to be upset about it because you brought attention to it and even then normal people probably just don't give a shit so yeah um like i've had i've had i you know not many people have read my book i'm not like some super you know popular artist or author or anything but you know i've had a few people read my books i think most of them are feminists and they made no comment about the depiction of melanie not having any armor around her waist and her butt is basically like there's literally a line in the first book where it says that alistair was looking at melanie like she was naked like nobody nobody has complained about this because normal people don't give a shit about all this weird you know body image like male gaze whatever buzzwords you can think of but let's continue with this article Conversely, there has been no discussion on the content of Overlord. The implication, the, the implication being that when Bioware reconsidered Mass Effect 2, the shots of women's backsides registered as too embarrassing to keep in the game, but the horrible messages of Overlord didn't. The lack of consideration around Overlord, both then and now, shows just how lightly people take its harms. Well, that's the thing, is that... I, I, I'm failing, you're going to have to explain this to me because I'm failing to see how this is offensive to autistic people or people on the spectrum if you want to use more flowery language because, um, you know, I'm going to stay, I'm going to save that card for a second. We're going to save that. I put a pin in that, but, um, but Uncle Alistair has a character he'd like to talk about that's in the Blur Havoc universe. We'll talk about that in a second, but let's see here. In Overlord, Commander Shepard heads to the planet Aiti. Aiti. That's how they say Haiti in, in Haiti. They say Aiti. But where the human supremacist org group Cerberus. Yeah, they're, they're summarizing the plot here. So I'll read it just in case I got anything wrong. Cerberus had set up a scientific research station. Cerberus was hoping to find a way to control the Geth, a race of artificial intelligence. Oh, yeah, it's coming back to me. Artificial intelligent machines, which are extremely hostile and have aligned themselves with the series' ultimate villain, the Reap the Reapers, which I've had nightmares about, dude. I've had nightmares about fighting the Reapers, dude. Whew. Man, 2012 was just a fun time to be a Mass Effect fan. The Reapers, ancient and powerful machines bent on... You forgot. Ancient, powerful, and sentient machines bent, bent on destroying all intelligent life in the galaxy. Shepard's dedication to fighting the Reapers is part of what led her him or her them stop assuming people play as female shepherd but you know you know what website we're on so to join forces with cerberus to begin with shepherd finds cerberus's research station completely overwhelmed by rogue murderous virtual intelligence technically it would be it would be artificial intelligence because it's tied to yeah the de the head scientist of the facility dr gavin archer yeah his name's gavin archer okay Tell Shepard that the VI has been melded with the mind of his human brother, David. Yes, David is the autistic brother. This hybrid VI has taken over the facilities, killed almost everyone, and is now attempting to spread itself off-world. Now it's Shepard's job, Shepherd's job to stop this from happening. Over the course of the next two hours, you play through a series of missions across eight... I... I... How do you pronounce that? I have to play it again to see how they pronounce it. In order to unlock access to Atlas Station, the portion of this facility in which David has barricaded himself, 
You see dozens of bodies strewn across the floors, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to skip over this stuff because it's not necessary. The whole time you're followed by a digital aspect of David. His voxelated face appears and screaming, blah, blah, blah. At one point, you find a log of one of the dead scientists asking, what does the VI want? It keeps screaming at us. Nobody understands. When you get to Aglet Station, you finally see the truth of Project Overlord. Okay, so this part is important because this is going to set the context as to wh basically why this guy is so offended. Guy or girl. Is it a girl? M. Wesley A. Out this person. Let's just say this person. This is going to be the core of why this person is offended by this, this mission. But Dr. Gavin Archer's research logs in Atlas Station mince no words. He discusses his brother's autism or autistic mind as Gavin and the writers of Overlord, whatever it is, seems to think is a completely normal way to refer to autism as a boon to his works with the Geth. The inhuman way Gavin refers to his brother is almost and and oh my god i always have a word i always have a problem with this word anachronistically anachronistically backward as one of my friends said it's already so outdated that i'd expect to hear this fictional doctor talk about hysteria next to frame david's autism as an aspect of his alien mind is dehumanizing wait whoa 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 who said anything about his mind being alien what okay that's a weird way to word that. It's It seems forced that you would word it in, in that way. But, and attempts to treat autism like a disease which can be ex excised rather than part of who we are. Okay, so here's the thing that you're kind of ignoring, ma'am and or sir or them, um, is that, that that's kind of the point is that, you see, put a pin in that as well. But the point is that Gavin, is his actions are supposed to be like, his actions are supposed to be taken as like, you know, not good, morally reprehensible. That's the point. He uses words and he uses words and treats his brother so poorly that that's the point is that he mistreated and abused his brother. And it's, it's one thing for the character to do it. And it's another thing for the main character to react in a certain way, because the way Shepard reacts is what makes this, you know, appropriate is that Shepard, no matter what you choose, Shepard reacts to the situation with disgust. It's not like when in Captain Marvel, when Captain Marvel, like in the deleted scene, breaks the dude's hand and this is treated as a heroic moment. That's different. Because in that situation, it, that was treated as the right thing to do, when in the real world, that's the wrong thing to do. That is bad. That's a crime. Strong-armed robbery. It's an actual, like, crime. While this, in this universe, what Gavin did was morally horrifying, and Shepard acknowledges it as such. Are villains not allowed to be villains anymore? Is that is that what we're dealing with? <sighs> Let's continue. As you continue through Atlas Station, Shepard becomes infected with the hybrid VI and finally gains the ability to see things from David's perspective. You watch snippets of David's memory, blah blah blah. You should play the you should play this DLC. I'm not gonna spoil everything. You see David treated as an inhuman machine at one point, described by his brother as literally a human machine. Yeah, that's like I said, you're kind of missing the point. 
we see Gavin ignoring, like I said, David's issues with overstimulation, a fairly common issue among autistic people. Um, eventually, we learn that David was not a volunteer. He was forced to take part in the Overlord experiment. Yeah, like I said, here in this blended reality, finally able to screeching. David is saying, stop, make it stop. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not going to talk about this stuff because it's a spoiler. Because it, the part that uh, that makes this DLC so shocking and so it, it makes you it makes it very emotional is the ending when it's revealed the step the the way that David is like the way that David is like strung up in this machine. That's what makes it so horrific is seeing that moment. So I'm not going to spoil that moment. You need you just you need to go play this game. Okay, Mass Effect Two, best game ever made ever. Great story, great characters, great gameplay. Just it, the whole nine yards, bro. You need to go play it. Okay, so after seeing that, for context, after seeing all of that, um, and Shepard speaks to his brother, Gavin Archer, and command. Uh, mind you, brother is in is in italics, by the way. Um, Gavin Archer and Commander Shepard argue over David's fate in a way that feels obscenely understated. The pinnacle of this may well be that when, in a shot where the background, it in the background is a, um, David. I'm not going to spoil what what's going on there. Shepard says that Doctor Archer has sacrificed his brother's happiness. Eventually, this horrifically downplayed conversation leads to a decision: Will Shepard leave David with his brother and a part of the experiment, or will Shepard take David? off-screen to a school for special cases and leave Gavin to do his research without his brother as a test subject. I personally took him off-screen to, um, to, well, it, it's, it's revealed that it's, if I'm not mistaken, it's Grissom Academy in Mass, Mass Effect 3, but, um, yeah, I chose to take him off-screen, because, um, yeah, I wasn't gonna leave him with that abusive asshole. Like, the hell do I look like? <laughs> the first time that I played Mass Effect 2, I played with only then- free DLC and it was only when after finishing the trilogy I that I finally decided to invest in the full DLC pack I tried to not to head straight for the new content but to integrate it into this new playthrough so I was over a dozen hours into my save when I decided to play Overlord I ended up replaying the final fight over and over again just so I could try to find a different ending for that conversation with Dr. Gavin Archer I was trembling and, oh, here we go, the hysterics and the emotion, Jesus. I was trembling and crying and determined to find the set of, wow, this is such a, look, look, Alistair, you're on Spotify and Apple Music. The spicy words you use in real life, you can't use them right now. Calm down. You can't use that word here. Whew. Breathe. Namaste. <laughs> Don't say it. Don't say it. Trying to find the set of dialogue choices which let me shoot the guy or even arrest him, but that choice simply doesn't exist. Overlord gave me no options to punish Gavin. There was no choice in which I could begin to find justice or even retribution for David. I couldn't find a way to make Shepard see Gavin Archer's actions as wholly unsympathetic. See, this is how I know that you didn't play Mass Effect 3 and you played this shit out of order. Because Mass Effect 2, if you if you play Overlord and you take and you don't let David stay with Gavin, 
and he, David ends up at Grissom Academy, and you see him later on in like one of the one of the early game missions. Um, you'll see him at Grissom Academy, and he'll recognize you, and he'll thank you for saving him, which is awesome. But also, you'll see Gavin in a later mission, and you actually have the option to leave a pistol with him and say, "Do what you should have done back," and uh, in Atlas Station, basically. And you could basically coerce him into committing suicide. So it shows you it. This shows you that this person doesn't un, doesn't know this series like I do. Um, but yeah, I definitely, bro. I left that pistol, bro. I left that pistol in Mass Effect Three. I was like, go ahead and just do your thing. As a matter of fact, I don't think you leave it. I think he has one, and he just decides after seeing you. He's like, you know what? I need to pay for what I've done. I, I I'm a little fuzzy on that one, but yeah. But that is definitely a thing that happens in Mass Effect 3. Gavin does have a moment where he's like, what I've done is so atrocious. I have to I have to make amends for this. But there is no sympathy in my heart for Dr. Gavin Archer. You don't have to use this entire name. But the, 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 I don't think the game ever actually makes you like want to have sympathy for him. Am I tripping? Am I tripping? Like, I don't recall that being a thing. Like, I felt no sympathy for him. I mean, I, when I played Mass Effect 2, like, the first time I played Overlord, I was a lot younger, so I didn't quite understand everything that was going on. I didn't understand what autism was. And I didn't understand, like, how, like, like autism was and, like, the abuse he was really going for, but going through. But, yeah, I understood that the situation that David was in was awful because, like I said, in that last scene, it's a wham shot. It's a really horrific sight. You have to see it to believe it. But um, but I'm going to continue. In Overlord, David Archer gets no agency. The extent to which he is stripped of his autonomy by, gar by his guardian is unsettlingly realistic. As Game Assist explained, blah, blah, blah. Gavin Archer says of his brother, he's literally a human computer and is autistic. You see, what you're doing here, what you're doing here, is that you're explaining why Gavin is not a good person and why we have no sympathy for him. Like, are you paying attention? Are, like I said before, are bad guys allowed to be bad guys? Are, are they allowed to be bad guys? Put a pin in it. We'll, we'll come back to it. Okay, so here's an important part. The game, however, doesn't seem to understand the egregiousness of the situation, focusing instead on if Gavin's choices were the right ones, not if he was the person who ought to be making them at all. Yeah, here's the thing, is that that's the point of, that, that's kind of the point of Mass Effect as well, as a whole, is that um, not every, like, it's not every situation is supposed to be, you know, depicted in black and white or red and blue in Mass Effect's case. Um, you're, you're often thrusted into situations that are just, kind of morally gray like this is not really one of them there are harder choices in mass effect that um that to this day i still struggle choosing you know an option like the the vermeyer choice if you play mass effect one you know what i'm talking about the vermeyer choice is always one i take a long ass time to think about which character i would very much not like to like which character which character I would be okay with not seeing for the rest of the trilogy. The game makes you pick which character you would be okay with not seeing for two other games. Bro, there are choices in this game that are way harder than this one. But in this situation, you get to see a little bit of the villain or the antagonist's 
point of view and see the motive behind it. It's not necessarily meant for you to, um, it's not necessarily meant for you to agree with it. It's meant to show you the, so that you can see, hey, this is why he did it. Do you agree or disagree? Because that's one of the things that Mass Effect does is that it poses questions about morality and whether the ends justify the means. Which one of the one of the biggest choices in Mass Effect Three? Look, man, Mass Effect Three is like almost a, a ten year old game, dude. You need to go play it. But, um, but one of the biggest choices in Mass Effect Two is whether you choose to sabotage the Genophage or not. Um, and that, like, it's the game always gives you tons of factors and tons of like, especially Mass Effect Three. Mass Effect Three doesn't give enough credit. Because it gives you tons of factors, it reminds you of the choices you made in the previous game, and depending on the choices you made in the previous game, it'll make some options more viable than others in Mass Effect 3. Such as, is Rex alive by Mass Effect 3? If yes, then helping the Krogans is a lot more, it's a lot more of a favorable position to, you know, a favorable choice. Well, if he's dead, Eve is dead, you got rid of the genophage data from Mass Effect 2 and, Mor and Morden's loyalty mission, then Morden will lo like Morden actually has a, a chance of agreeing with you and saying, you know what, you're right. This isn't worth it. We're just I'm just gonna leave, right? But you'll you'll never see him again. But he agrees with you, and that's one of the beautiful things about Mass Effect is that it never paints at any situation as black or white or red and blue. Rather, it never it never gives you the information and says you chose incorrectly. Except for in, like, the end of Mass Effect 3, but we're not going to talk about that right now. But let's continue. Autistic people are often infantilized, dehumanized, and stripped of our agency. Oh, you're autistic. Oh. Well, you don't want to be infantilized, dehumanized, and stripped of your agency, so I'm about to treat you with the big boy gloves. Let's go, buddy. <laughs> let's go. This is often justified by the fact that we are disabled and supposedly incapable of making our own choices. I don't think so. I don't think that's... I th I'm pretty... I have to double check with him, but I'm pretty sure one of my friends is autistic. Um, but... Or at least on the spectrum. Sometimes I wonder, am I on the spectrum? Probably not, but I don't think I'm on the spectrum. I have moments, though. I have moments. Get your shit together. Focus. <laughs> this prejudice is core to the mission of organizations like the autistic. What is this? What is this shit? To empower autistic people across the world. Blah, 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 blah. We'll get back to the meat of this situation. Articulate the harm born from the same attitudes towards autistics that are tacitly accepted as normal in Overlord. Most relevant. You see, this is the thing: is that you people people have gotten to the point where we accept that autism is on a spectrum and not just binary. There is there's a thing. I've done a lot of research on this. We're gonna get to why I've done a lot of research on this in a second. But um, I've done a lot of research on this enough for me to know what is necessary. And we've come to the conclusion that autism is not binary anymore. It is on a spectrum where there is high functioning autism, and then there is I don't remember the right term for it, but there is, like, the other end of the spectrum, basically. High-functioning autism is basically someone that can function just like me and you, but they have 
quirks and different things that, you know, that kind of, I don't want to say hinder, but trying to use my words, trying to pick my words very, very carefully, but they, they're quirks, basically. They have, they think differently a little bit and they kind of have moments where they, their mind goes in one direction while everybody else goes in another, right? But they still function just like everybody else does in our society. While there's the other end of the spectrum where they, those people, those people with that kind of autism, they need assistance. They can't, you know, they are legitimately disabled, right? And they, they can't function very well on their own. They need assistance. So I think I've only come across like one person that's on the other end of the spectrum. I don't want to use the word. I think I don't want to use the other word that I think it is. Um, the opposite of high functioning autism is functioning autism, but yeah, I don't want to use the opposite of high because I, I don't want people getting their panties in a twist, but let's continue. Um, but, but wait, no, wait, that's what I meant to point out is that I, I'm kind of upset that the fact that this person is using the kind of antiquated, you know, idea that autism is just binary. It's either you are or you aren't. And that's not that's not the case anymore based on what I've done in research. Like I said, we'll, t- we'll get to why I've done that research. But most relevant is the simple stance. We have the right to make choices. It is absolute, as ASAN says. That's the, what, is, what did this say it was? The Autistic Self-Advocacy Network. There is no such thing as being too disabled to be a self-advocate. Don't say anything. Just stick to the, just stick to the article, Alistair. <laughs> um, some autistics require a lot of support in order to live their day-to-day lives. But then again, everyone requires support sometimes. If autistics are going to, oh, you're. I'm gonna skip this paragraph before I say something that is not relative. It's not related to the game. My my issue with this article is that it it, it is the writing stuff, the game stuff. Overlord efficiently denies this to David, and it's not just Gavin who does this. It's also Shepard who tacitly accepts the premise that David's fate is something to be debated and discussed with his abusive brother, as if he has some good points Shepard must consider. Well, I mean, that's the thing is that in this situation, it's up to you to decide. Because Gavin is trying to, in that scene, Gavin is trying to persuade you to let him keep David, and you get to choose whether you say yes or no. And I don't see how that's a problem. Because it's like, you it's literally you, Gavin, and a David that is incapacitated beyond any realistic, like, means, okay? The the way that David is, is incapacitated is absolutely knucking futs, okay? But, th- like, there's no, like, there has to be a discussion. Like, there has to be. You can choose to trust his brother and give him back and then... And um, give him to his brother, or you can decide I don't trust you with your brother because you're abusing him. That's that's the point. You can make that choice to intervene if you want, or to leave it be if you want. Oh man, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff I'm not about to read. Placing the abuser's feelings and perspective above their autistic victims is not something that occurs in the vacuum of a sci-fi. Story. Yeah, we're gonna skip this. 
Um, David, a character who was tortured explicitly because of his disability, is eerily reminiscent of this real-world violence. If you leave him with his brother, oh, oh, we're actually going to talk about the fact that um, there's a, a consequence to this choice. If you leave him with his brother, Mass Effect 3 reveals that David was not removed from the experiment. He continues to be tortured, and eventually Gavin put him out of his misery. The same sentiment was used to justify the real-life murder of a, yeah, yeah. Um, we're not going to talk about stuff that happened in the real world here. Um, but yeah, that the game is telling you that there are consequences for your actions. Like, there are consequences for your actions. You decided to trust Gavin, and he killed David. After all of that stuff, and you still decided to leave David with Gavin? That's on you. You made that choice. You essentially got David killed for leaving him with his brother. Let's see. The Mass Effect series constructs a future of humanity full of telekinesis and faster-than-life travel, yet is incapable of imagining a future where autistic people are treated with human respect and dignity. Oh, God. That's... That's the point. That's the point. The point. Oh, my God. You got... This person has one more time... This person has one more time to, to almost comically miss the point. And then I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ditch this article because I I'm not in the mood to read nonsense. Unfortunately, we're close to the end. What happens to David Archer is a viscerally accurate portrayal of the real life abuse that many autistic people experience, stripped of any context and lacking the simple option for a full throated condemnation. Condemnation. Yeah, that's the thing is that if you choose to take David away from Gavin, you do give Gavin a full throated condemnation. A Paragon Shepherd uses very colorful language when condemning Gavin. Did you for, did you forget that? Did, like, did, or is this is this because you is this because you you have an agenda here? I'm pretty sure it's an agenda. Unfortunately, we still live in a world where plenty of people would rather feel feed their children bleach. Excuse me, is this something that happened in the real world? What is this? Oh, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Children feed their children bleach or allow them to die from preventable diseases, then have them turn out autistic. Media portrayals of autistic characters often fall into the tropes of the idiot savant and the Hollywood autistic. With minimal growth in the range of autistic representation, while a lot of things have evolved, blah, 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 yeah, we're done. We're done with this article. <laughs> Because, okay, so here's the here's the thing I want to talk about. What is it with these modern-day critics and journalists that just absolutely do not understand what a villain is, what an antagonist is? The antagonist is someone that goes against the protagonist's morals and objectives, right? Because I remember everyone got into a big stink about x-men apocalypse back in like i think it was like 2015 everyone got into a big stink about the advertising where apocalypse a bad guy apocalypse was choking mystique a good guy in the in the x-men universe like the fox x-men universe mystique was a good guy at that point but a good guy was being choked by a bad guy and people were upset about it and it's like so are bad guys not allowed to be bad guys anymore 
Like, what's going on here? Are bad guys not allowed to be bad? Like, there was a there was there was an instance in Cyberpunk where people were getting offended by something that the enemies would say when they fight you because they the enemies in, in Cyberpunk say some really really colorful stuff. Um, and someone got offended because, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to use an uncomfortable word here, but one of the, um, animals, I believe it's the animals, when they fight you, they taunt you, and one of their taunts is, I'm going to rape you. Or, like, like, uh, someone raped the bitch, or something like that. Something incredibly intense. But, you have to remember, these people are bad guys. Welcome to 2021 where even our bad guys have to be politically correct. Our bad guys have to... We're going to stop that train of thought. But yeah, our bad guys have to be just as politically correct as the good guys. And even then, I don't think the good guys have to be politically correct either. Look at Deadpool. Even then, Deadpool's an an anti-hero. But this person... The thing I want to bring up is that this person is comically missing the point of all of this. Is that what Gavin does is incredibly inappropriate, not okay, right? And that he took advantage of his brother's um, disability, that although he had an incredible mind, he was very clinical about it. And he treated his brother like an asset, a machine, an item, capital, rather than a human being, rather than his brother. And if you take away his brother from him, which is something that they didn't mention in this article, if you take his brother away from him, Gavin will commit suicide in Mass Effect 3. They didn't, they didn't bring that up. It's almost as if, you know, they got to have a little narrative going on here. But but the thing I want to I end this episode on is the fact that I want to reveal, I want to play, I want to reveal my hand here. I want to play my hand a little bit. Um... The reason why I had to do a lot of research for in autism and symptoms and, you know, behaviors, I had to like watch videos of high functioning autism and um, people with autism on the other end of the spectrum um, is because one of my characters is on the spectrum. Yeah, Blur Havoc 2, one of my characters is on the spectrum. If you've read Blur Havoc 2, you've probably caught on to it. It's Ezra, the, the, the black chick with the blue hair. She's on the spectrum. And I tried my best to create a character that functions like a real-world, high-functioning autistic person. And I didn't want to do Hollywood Hollywood autism, where it's like they're, they're incredibly like socially awkward, but they... um But they're just really smart, and that just counts as autism. And no, because with Ezra, she... She has this condition called verbal paraphasia where she swaps out words with similar words but they don't work in in syntax right she she's of course she is socially awkward but on top of that she has compulsive um she has compulsive tendencies where she does this thing where she clicks her fingers together she has synthetic fingers so yeah there's that but she clicks her fingers together when she's nervous she has a tendency to repeat things, talk out loud, um, use, um, for lack of a better term, ver- verbose language when she gets very, very excited. Because I wanted to take many of the facets of actual autism and put them into a character to realistically portray autism. And that's what, that's what 
the point of it was is to show that people that are autistic are people too. Just because they're smart, just because they're smart, they're child prodigies, doesn't mean you treat them like tools, like machines, like assets. That was the point of Overlord, and the person that was playing the game comically missed the point. Whether or not it was ex it was executed in an objectively well manner, I'm not going to talk about that because I haven't played in a while. But that was the point of Overlord, is that just because somebody has this one in a million ability right this 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 savant this prodigy just because they have this ability and they're easy to manipulate does not mean that you take advantage of them that was the the moral of the story and this person is so caught up on the fact that an autistic person was the victim of abuse that's what makes it so chilling is the fact that his brother abused him, an autistic person, someone that is so vulnerable. And in a lot of instances, autistic people are very easily to manipulate. They're very easy to manipulate. It shows how horrible of a person Gavin is. So. I don't know. I don't know what it takes for these people to understand that just because you're. You're disabled, you're a minority, you're not straight, you're a woman, that bad guys are just allowed to not do bad things to you. Like I said in one of my previous episodes, the, with these weirdos, you're not allowed, you're not allowed to be, you're not allowed to be at the butt end of an attack or abuse if you're if you're in one of these protected or marginalized groups, you're not allowed to do that because that that's that's punching down apparently. When in all actuality, the character like making a marginalized character the butt end of abuse makes it all the more sympathetic. These people miss the point. So I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up here. This episode went way longer than I intended. It's like 15 minutes longer than usual, but. Um, I'm going to finish off. I, I'm not even going to finish this off. I'm going to drink more of this because it's been a long day. And White Russian is my favorite drink anyway. It's just chock full of sugar. But um, yeah, this has been Alistair Haken of the Blur Havoc podcast. Um, drink drink water. Um, I'm not saying that for you. I'm saying that for me. But you guys be easy and um, peace. to the Blur Havoc podcast. Purchase the Blur Havoc book series on Amazon Kindle or paperback today. 